It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. Today is Thursday, December 21st, 2023. I'm Andrew Hames. This is Raven News. On its one-year anniversary, the city's strategic plan is getting a public review. About a dozen Sitkins turned out for a town hall on Tuesday where city staff launched a survey to gather feedback on how to update the plan. Sitka's strategic plan was created in 2022. It's a five-year plan that gives city staff defined goals to improve city services. Each year, city staff and the public will revisit the goals, then they might adjust or set new ones. Municipal Administrator John Leach showed the audience a flyer that listed the strategic plan's five overarching goals to improve quality of life, communication, sustainability, infrastructure, and service. So, um, did anybody grab one of these, the, the one pager in the back? I love, I carry this thing around with me everywhere. Um, you know, if you sit in any staff meeting with me, this thing comes out a lot. Leach said the city has made a lot of progress toward those goals. Many of the items Leach pointed to were approved by the assembly at some point, a long list of grants the city has scored in the last year, plus a housing study to see whether some swaths of city land are viable for affordable housing construction, and a tourism task force to address the steep increase in tourism Sitka is experiencing. As for the city's internal operations, they've invested in a new virtual HR system and developed an asset management plan, which Leach says will prevent big maintenance emergencies by putting all of the city's assets on a schedule for repairs and replacement. I I like to bring up the Blatchley heat pump issue. It's not that Blatchley did anything wrong, but that was quite the surprise to have to spend $600,000 like that because um, the heat pumps may or may not have been maintained properly or people weren't monitoring and reporting that that they weren't working well and you can't send kids to school without heat so uh, we want to prevent things like that among other things leach also pointed to the city's efforts to increase financial transparency through their open finance tool which shows city spending in real time and another web tool that lets citizens build their own budgets and send them to the assembly for consideration everybody likes firefighters and everybody likes kids so um You could say, I think we need to pay firefighters less or I need to cut down on that staff or reduce their budget. And you can click on that and make that budget go down. And you can go over to the school's budget and bump that one up. Um, And then it will tell you whether or not the budget is balanced based on the available revenue sources that we have. You know, you can completely defund a project if you think there's a capital project we shouldn't be doing. After Leach gave his presentation, he invited the audience to give feedback on the strategic plan and the city's progress, either on a survey available at laptop stations in the room or on sheets of paper posted on the wall. The survey is available online and will be open for responses through January 5th. Then, city staff will review the responses with the assembly as they consider how to update the plan. You can find a link to the survey on our website, kcaw.org. Sitka's annual holiday brass concert returns this Friday with a lineup of local and nationally recognized musicians. Sitka Fine Arts Camp Director Roger Schmidt says that the concert, which was first held in 2008 as a one-off event, has now become what he calls an unstoppable tradition. A concert like this, um, it's a chance to all be together and just stop all the hectic sort of mundane, you know, everything's going on, you got all these things you have to do and and errands and what have you and jobs and you just, you go and you just hear this music and music is so... um, 
powerful in terms of its ability to bring us to a moment. The concert will feature a combination of classical pieces and holiday tunes performed by a brass orchestra. Vocalists Rhiannon Gavon, Mina Brooks-Schmidt, and Karen Neal will also perform. Schmidt says that he chooses the pieces for performance, but he always checks with the trumpet section before finalizing. Uh, I mean, I always show it to our trumpets before I finalize it because they're they're usually the ones that when it when you know when it all comes down to it, they're they they're playing the highest, fastest, <laughs> right. most technical parts. The holiday brass concert is 7 p.m. Friday, December 22nd at the Sitka Performing Arts Center. Tickets are available online. You can find the link at our website, kcaw.org. Alaska's 2023 cruise ship season broke records. Juneau, the state's capital, saw more than 1.65 million cruise ship passengers total. Citywide records were also broken in other southeast towns popular with visitors, like Sitka, Ketchikan, and Skagway. But 1,200 miles west of Juneau, a small team worked to beat on Alaska's record of only 18 ships in a season. For the final installment in Coast Alaska's Tourism Today series, KUCB's Andy Lusk reports. What comes to mind when you hear Unalaska Dutch Harbor? Desolate. Remote. Cold. And harsh. Hard life. <laughs> Tough people. And it's a real working environment, I guess. Unalaska is so well known for commercial fishing that many visitors mistakenly call it by the name of its fishing port, Dutch Harbor. The first thing you see when you step off of a cruise ship in Unalaska is heavy industry. There's towers of crab pots and shipping containers, a gantry crane, semi-trucks rumbling by, and an army of workers keeping it all in motion. Industry is also the first thing you smell. Fish oil lingers in the air during processing days, and the scent of burning shipping pallets wafts through residential areas. Unalaska has about 4,500 residents and a rough reputation. It's isolated, harsh, and expensive to get to. It's a place for crabbers to get into bar fights, not the first place many people think of for a nice vacation. Catherine McGlashan wants to change that. She runs the Unalaska Visitors Bureau. Um, I think my vision stepping in was to promote more of our uh, Unangan culture. So I try to speak more of our culture and uh, what we do to promote it and keep it alive. So McGlashan grew up here, and she wants people to appreciate the magic of this place. To her, it's more than just the town from the popular reality show, Deadliest Catch. There's really no tourism infrastructure to speak of in Unalaska. Visitors disembark at the same dock as the big barges and Pollock trawlers. Today, a handful of tourists from Viking Cruises Orion wander around outside of a giant fish refrigeration plant and then board a school bus driven by a local volunteer. When they first get on, it's a school bus. So they really, they're like, a school bus, really? And I'm like, uh, we're a small town of 4,500 people. You know, we utilize everything that we can. On the tour bus, it's wildlife that gets the biggest oohs and ahs. Oh, yeah. To your left, you'll see a fox and a couple eagles down there. Dieter Pazivio is from Bremen, Germany. 
He says Unalaska wildlife is unlike anything he sees back home, even in his harbor town. You know, because as we came in, there are lots of whales, sea lions, mm -hmm. uh, sea otters, uh, well, all this stuff you don't find over in Europe. Jörg Meyer is from Germany as well. He describes Unalaska as, quote, more cultural than expected. It's a good contrast to those who live in big cities. Here the nature, here the wind. But culture goes far beyond natural beauty. Unalaska history is Unanga history, and visitors often don't know much about the island's Alaska native population. While giving guided tours of the island, Catherine McGlashan emphasizes Unanga life. I kind of always held on to the culture because my mom was very, she was very passionate about our culture and community. So we always ate native dishes and she um, would invite her friends and family. And when elders would come over, they would speak the language. So it was it's pretty, pretty precious now because you don't ever see that happening anymore. This bus wants more than just the regular tour. The visitors are curious about Unanga history, and they want to know about McGlashan herself. You want to hear about me? So my uh, great-grandfather came from Scotland, and my great-grandmother was from Attu, which was the last island out on the Aleutian chain. McGlashan says these moments are rare, and it took her by surprise. I was kind of thrown off that they wanted to learn more about the Unangan culture. Yeah, it was it was pretty neat just to describe to them a little bit about the tattooing and my Unangan name. McGlashan only has one other employee at the Unalaska Visitors Bureau, Trevana McGowan. A handful of locals volunteer with them on the dozen or so days when a cruise ship is in town. This year, the small tourist team broke the town's record for visiting cruise ships. There were 20. That's two more than the year before the pandemic. But McGlashan and McGowan are doing more than breaking number records. They also leave visitors with a raw, intimate picture of what life can be in one of Alaska's farthest flung corners. So I had a guy on one of the earlier cruise ships and he told me, what you have here is very special. We're going to Juno. Juno will get, you know, 10,000 people off of three different cruise ships at a time. And one of the things that stuck with me was that he said, you know, I'm probably never going to remember a single person in Juneau, but I'm never going to forget this conversation I'm having with you right here. Now, when you hear Unalaska Dutch Harbor, what comes to mind? Fascinating island. Historic. Fabulous. Great little town. In Unalaska, I'm Andy Lusk. Amazing. Just amazing spot. I'm Andrew Hames. This has been Raven News.